Bon appetitio and welcome to the Off Menu podcast with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Hello. That's James Acaster. I'll be your waiter this evening. Oh, and we're still persisting with James being a waiter in this. Yes. Uh, I've given in now. Yeah. I think that's the format. May I take your jacket, Ed? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's not normal for a waiter to do that as well, is it? Well, we've established that I do all the jobs right, this okay, first you're the only way to... Let me introduce the podcast properly. This is a podcast where uh, each episode we have a guest. Uh, we interview them about their dream meal, their perfect starter, main, side, drink, dessert. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you talk to people about food, you find out more about their lives. Absolutely. Definitely do. And also... When you own a restaurant, because you're a genie, you learn more about people's lives. So, the, and there's extra layers of confusion that James brings to the pot. I think I like to i i bring uh, sort of good chat, yep. fun conversation topics, yes. a little bit of fun food knowledge. Yeah, and you bring chaos. Would you say I bring being a genie, being and being a waiter. <laughs> so, uh, I went with Bon Appetitio there for that was nice. That was a very nice start. Um, I've I have been saying Bon Appetit, but I've gone Bon Appetitio because yes. that's what a uh, well, I know why you said it. Do you? Yes, because you're trying to impress our guest, who is the very uh, well, well esteemed Grace Dent. Grace Dent, indeed. Everybody, she's a food critic, and you know, with Scroobius Pip, you were just like Bon Appetit, whatever. Yeah. Grace Dent, you're like, oh, I better up my game. That must be it. Or it reminds me of a waitress in Bella Pasta in Durham who used to say, Bon Appetitio. <laughs> yeah, probably is that then. Um, so yes, our guest today is uh, is the wonderful Grace Dent. Guardian food critic, also uh, the, uh, she has her own show on Radio 4 called The Untold. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, this is also a podcast. Uh, which you should definitely get. We'll do a better job of plugging things for Grace in, in the outro, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, James, do you have any food news from this week? Well, what I've had to eat. What you've had to eat, where have you been, what, uh, what's your ingredient of the week? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, the nicest thing I've had to eat this week, I went to Bone Daddy's and I had the poke uh, bowl there, salmon poke. Lovely. Delicious, like raw salmon cut up with like these crispy little oniony bits in there and some uh, that were fried and some rice and guacamole, loads of guacamole. Lovely. I put some hot sauce on it, some carrot in there. So oh. that's James's food news. Uh, I saw yeah. a woman on a train nearly choked to death on a salad. So that's my food news. Loads of food news. Uh, also, this week, we should point out before uh, we go to the podcast and uh, interview Grace Dent, um, every week we have an ingredient that is a big no-no that we do not like, and if it comes up in the podcast, they're getting kicked out of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And this week it is fennel. fennel. I hate fennel, Ed. I absolutely hate Why do you it. hate fennel? I, I don't mind a bit of fennel. It's disgusting. An- aniseed stuff is not nice. The first time I had aniseed, or anything like aniseedy, yeah. was when I bought some of those licorice torpedoes, but I thought they were jelly beans. Right. So what I expected as a child was that I was about to eat some jelly beans, and then I tasted the most disgusting thing you can possibly taste when you're expecting jelly beans. Yeah. I spat them out in the bin. I've never done that with food before or since. Spat them out into a bin, and I hate anything aniseedy now. But you know that's not what fennel tastes like it does taste like licorice torpedoes it doesn't taste like licorice torpedoes mate it's a very light aniseed flavor and it can actually bring a lot to a dish and raw it's very refreshing it tastes like licorice torpedoes ed and that is why if grace mentions it she's out on her ass <laughs> here's grace Den. hello 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 grace hello. welcome 
Thank you for having me. This all just feels really sinister, actually. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to address this up top. Um, you came in and you said, I've got some feelings about this, which I'm, I'm going to talk about when we start recording. You okay. seem suspicious of the whole situation. It just yes. seems a bit odd, actually. You know, well, well, for a start, uh, well, I heard that you were doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, James asked me, and I generally try to ignore most of the messages James sent sure, me. Sure, why wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. And then James said, oh, I'm doing a podcast. And, I, and and if you just said to me, what are the top 20 things that you would guess it was going to be about? <laughs> yeah. I would go through a massive list of them. Some examples, what, what sort of things do you think? Cars. It, cars? Um, what, like. The comedy circuit, mm. uh, lads, laddish things, <laughs> boys, boys things. I don't know. TV. How many times have you met James A. Caster? I don't know. My laddie boy loves cars. Because, well, yeah. He's written this... off three cars in his life. I have. Well, this is where we bonded over that, didn't we? Because yes. we, um, I failed my driving test seven times. Yes. So I thought that's that was maybe, incredible. I thought, well, I thank you very much. How, <laughs> very surely proud. after time number five, you'd think this probably isn't for me. No, no, I'm going to carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm carrying on. No, I, every time I get a few more like years older, I think, no, no, this is my time. You get in the car again. <laughs> and then Fail I, and, again. And it's, and it's <laughs> failed bigger. Yeah. Uh, and that I've got to say, that is brewing again in me at the moment. When was the last? To, when was the last failure? Um, it's definitely before my last husband. Is that how it works? <laughs> Fail the driving test. Marry the instructor. That's it. Sometimes you have to just count them off and husbands. Um, yeah. uh, it was a while ago, and I and now I I I feel older, and I feel more like. No, I can do this. Yeah. I could and also I live like up north quite a lot in the Lake District. So mm. it's a pain in the ass if you haven't got a car. Sure. Like I can't um you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, you can't, you know, anyway. But that's just I mean, look, I can drive. Yeah. So you were confused you thought <laughs> yeah, this might I mean, you can't, but yeah. Yeah. No, no, I can drive though. Yes. I can. Not I legally just, though. No, the no. DVLA won't let me, but I can't yeah. drive. Yeah, legally not. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that that's not Really, how it works? So it's not—it's not a podcast about cars. It's not a podcast about lads' things. No. What surprises you that we want to talk about food? Uh, because I—I I mean, I know a lot of stand-up comedians, and I—they don't eat. Um, they tend to live in fairly unsanitary conditions, mm. um, mainly on service station pasties, um, or, or back at home in rooms that smell kind of of, of reheated microwave mm. supermarket meals. Um, you know, look at James, for example. You've never been in my flat. I mean, I've never been in your flat. <laughs> but in my mind's eye, yes. it's just, it kind of smells of, you know, uh, cheese and chive uh, Pringles. Yeah. A lot of cheese and chive Pringles. <laughs> um, well, that smells <laughs> of cheese and chive Pringles. Well, probably that. And then so like Lynx Wildebeest or whatever, just sprayed like <laughs> randomly about. What else is in the flat? What do you, lots of posters of cars? Just loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah posters of cars. And, and just and lots babes, of, lots babes of on ha- cars. Ha- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. basically um, High Street Honeys, lots of FHM High Street Honeys posters. Yeah pulled out of the uh, the mag you know i don't know i just can't i've been in my cheese oh, and chive den cheese and chive uh, i think so. i i feel well look yes 
I think that you, well, I mean, maybe this is the interesting thing about the podcast and this goes on to why it's surprising and also lovely that you're doing it, is that there's a very set group of people mm. in British media who discuss food. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end of it. And it's very right. difficult to break into that. So when you put BBC One on, the cooking programmes have got the same yeah. set of people and it mm. is... Greg Wallace speaking to Mary Berry and yes. and then on a Saturday morning it's the same people that are coming through and it's the same chefs and you know and they don't they maybe have a comedian on but it's just to kind of to sit awkwardly and get two lines you know yeah. what I mean it's like kind offer of up opinions on Pringles well exactly <laughs> is it not I mean do you feel offended have I said anything that's wrong what is in your fridge at the moment oh what's in my fridge at the minute that is mine <laughs> uh, there's some I've got some Saint Agur cheese okay well I mean that's just one step up from laughing cow triangles isn't it um, I've got I've James got, James do not let me down man a, a, a we need to change the opinion of stand up comedians mm-hmm. yeah there's a pasta sauce but I don't have any what? pasta what? It's a jar of pasta sauce. Yeah, he eats, exactly he, he eats them like a yogurt. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I haven't done anything with a that yet. A jar of pasta sauce. That's just lazy. Exactly. We're yeah. going back to how have you got a food podcast when yeah. your idea of making a simple ragu is yeah. to go to a 24-hour garage and bring back something that's mainly toxic. Well, to be honest, I didn't buy it. It was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift. I think I think I, I, what have I understand you got in your that. Fridge? What oh, have I've got, got all, all sort a lot of vegetables, tofu. Yeah, but do you do your own shopping? Yeah, I do my own shopping. Okay, well, online. Does that count? It does count. Well, yeah. so you put in a because I I mean I find this like uh, grocery shopping online like a slight it's like a, a therapy. Yeah, like everything mm. that and um, when everything in my I've got on my phone I've got my I've got my apps from and, and when everything's going wrong I just find a quiet corner of a studio and I just sit there going you know what I mean yeah tofu yeah and then and if you know that it's coming at that mm. you know that you have managed to get food coming to your house at 6 a.m the next day it's like everything's okay it's beautiful and then also if you get up and wait for that grocery those groceries and then put a wash on at the same time. So the house smells of fabric conditioner. Mm. You can basically have a really high-functioning heroin habit. <laughs> and it's like everything's fine. I haven't actually got high-functioning heroin Yeah, a bit heroin of a specific habit. example but, of plucking know, out of nowhere, though. But you could. You could literally have been up until four in the morning going crazy, but you still yeah. feel like you're nailing life down. I think yeah, my fridge is pretty, pretty full of Ed stuff. Ed does a lot of cooking. Do you? Makes yourself a lot, a lot of, of A lot of cooking. Uh, uh, I try to. I try more to. than most comics, I'd say. Would you feel, um, would either of you feel confident to have, I mean, I'm the restaurant critic for The Guardian, mm-hmm. um, and I'm one of those gargoyles you see on MasterChef, like uh-huh. waiting for the chefs to come in so I can make them cry. Yes. Um, would either of you feel confident enough to cook for me? No. No, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel confident no, in doing I'll it. I'll answer that quickly. No, I do not feel confident enough to cook for you. Do That's you, a good idea you, for a new column. Do you uh, like yeah. Santa Gur cheese in pasta sauce? <laughs> <laughs> what is Santa Gur cheese? It's not even cheese. It's not even cheese. It's so some creamy. kind of mucus with some like mm. nutritional yeast in Keep it. Keep on talking. <laughs> I love nutritional yeast. Yeah. Um, but then I think that, I mean... A joking aside, whatever you cooked for me, I would be very gracious, and I wouldn't. I'm not sure that's true. I wouldn't. No, honestly, I <laughs> think that. Grace. <laughs> I, think that the, I think there's a feeling. I think that what people see on MasterChef is very pantomime, you know. Mm. And I think that 
in real life, I would just be really happy that someone would cook for me because I'm generally very tired and I just want mm. someone to cook something. I mean, not not you, James, because <laughs> I don't want to ever eat. But I mean, yeah. babe, do you want me to get you some pasta? Do you want me yeah, to you like should buy some pasta, pasta on the way yeah, home or something? Should get some pasta. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So this podcast is not about us knowing too much about food, really. Okay. But I think there's a lot of discussion to be had. They're building the perfect meal. Yeah. So yes. we're, we've asked you to come up with your favourite starter. Welcome to our May. restaurant. Oh, uh, and something I should also let you know as well. James has sort of gone so deep into the concept that he's imagined this is a restaurant and he's the waiter. <laughs> Cloud will be of service. <laughs> It'll be of service to you. But he's a waiter who sits with us for the whole meal yes. and occasionally asks you what you want. James, you'd be a terrible waiter. Well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> what do you think would make James a terrible waiter? Um, because he, I, I don't think that James is very good at hiding his, his contempt. I think that is absolutely true. And mm. I think that that's one of the... One of the one, I'd say that's probably rule one of hospitality. <laughs> but this is. But it here's is. the thing, though. The better a restaurant you'll find, the more rude the waiting staff, I find, because they know that they've got good food and you'll carry on going there anyway. This restaurant is a magical restaurant where you can order whatever you've had in your whole life, all your favourite things. Okay. So I know that I can be as contemptful as I want. I can be really rude or mean or judgmental to all the customers because they'll keep coming back because I've got all of their favourite dishes here. And whatever you order is bringing you back cheese and chive Pringles anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I hope you like them. (laughs) Extra pasta sauce. But before we get into your choices, we're springing a quick surprise question on you. Okay. Poppadoms or bread? Poppadoms or bread? Um, <laughs> James, stop it. <laughs> As, um, I would say poppadoms because uh, I think that it's very it's tempting to go in on the bread, mm-hmm. but the bread's going to, you know, with every meal when you're eating out, it's very tempting to, like, eat all that bread when it's first brought yep. because mm-hmm. we're all, it's, it's, it's delicious and then it spoils your meal. So my, uh, you know, people say to me all the time, how are you not enormous because I'm out all the time eating? And it's because I avoid stuff like that. You don't have the bread. And also, I think it can ruin the meal in another way. If they bring bread at a restaurant and it's bad bread, 
Exactly. Then it makes you really worried about the meal ahead. Oh yeah. Yeah, but when they or, or they yeah they put down a basket and um, yeah and it's and it's hard and you think well how long has it been sitting there? Yeah. So yes. And I don't think you can mess up a poppadom. What tips do you want with that poppadom? Ooh. Um, uh, can I have a few? Well, yeah. Just just yeah. the just the random the, the, the standard ones. I want the raita. Yeah. I want the mango chutney. I want something that's mint. And I want. Um, we're talking about very uh, very kind of uh, British influenced eighties, like what we think Indian people yeah. eat, yeah. which they probably you know they don't. I'm sure. And you know that kind of very lightly diced. Um, mm. onion yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and it has to be in kind of silver terrines that are on a kind of stand where the four the four yeah. of them are like in a little tree and they, sp- they oh, spin and it spins, and it spins. Yeah. yeah um but yeah there's something i think that there's something about that whole ritual of papa dom's coming um and everybody getting one and crunching them and you've never felt and, and, and you know spooning things and i don't think we've ever felt more british yeah yeah because there's clearly nothing that's authentic about that that's just something that we yeah that's a that's that feels like a truly british thing doesn't yeah, it completely. yeah completely would you take a whole poppadom or would you no break a bit off no i wouldn't because... are you ever the person to there's a stack of poppadoms yeah. are you the person to break them are you the person that just punched the top no, of them? Oh, no, no. I just think no. I, 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 I think that's a really strange thing that people do yeah. when the pop. It's such a, it's such a dick swinging move. That yeah, it really. When is. like the the popper doms arrive, <laughs> and there's always somebody who just goes, <laughs> yeah. and you just think, well, I don't want your, I don't want your feisty handed popper dom, and also, <laughs> like, why, why, why do you think you have the right to do that? But I would never go and get a full one. Yeah. Because um, I, I'm continually playing games with myself about how much food that I've eaten. So right. I will mm. always get less with an option to go back than yes. get more. Do you That's see That's a I'm good saying? technique. Because what I, what I would normally do is get a whole popper doll <laughs> and put get all the dips and put them in different quadrants <laughs> along it and then just sort of eat it like a big pizza. <laughs> you see... There's few. There's 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 several things that men do if you were going to go out on a date with them, which they would do, and you would think, I I can never see this man ever again. And, it, right, and, and that's that, one of them, is it? That is that Making is a pop that's, like, <laughs> that's like a psychopath thing, isn't yeah. it? Also, would you like uh, anything to drink while uh, while you're looking at the menu? If I was going to have a drink, usually the first drink when I go out is I'll have a glass of champagne. You look at a glass of champagne just yes. to just to wait. I'll just sit, yeah. Any brand, just, any particular? Uh, my, well, my anything you want here? My favorite uh, champagne that you can get freely everywhere is Tattinger. I always. I, How do you spell I can, that? I was uh, writing that down. I was like, T A I T T I N G E R Tattinger. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like a glass of Tattinger, and I will. Uh, yeah, that always just takes the. Um, Takes the edge off the day. I always have that if I got if I um I can't drink a lot. I'm not um I always think I think people think um that I drink that I'm a big drinker and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm a real lightweight and it gets worse the older that I've got. And um yeah, so I I I and I the thing about being a woman when you're like in the public eye is that you only have to get a little bit drunk publicly a few times like or write about it right mm. and like you know i heard tracy emmons say this once and it stuck with me always like you only have to be drunk on a couple of occasions and you are then 
ever more the incredible drunk shouting woman. Course, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And and I, so you know, I I think that people are surprised that I I'm pretty much sober all of the time. Yeah, um, I suppose if you're out. A yeah, lot, exactly. That's how. To... Yeah, I did. You know, mm. um, there was a point when being when I was being a re- when I started being a restaurant critic, where I realised that there's two ways that this can go, and you know, exactly one of them is that I start to really control what is getting put what I'm putting into my own mouth <laughs> and like the, my hangovers and getting drunk or you just end up with gout really yeah I mean you do get gout there's like, a few of those restaurant critics knocking around you think you've really gone all in yeah the ones. oh god there's a you know there's a there's, there's a few that can no longer walk well we can't get them on the podcast <laughs> yeah, we'll have, have to go and record at their well, house well you can but you have to you have to push them in like on silence of the lambs just yeah, standing yeah. upright you know? yeah, I'll fetch you those. Uh, um, for start to start to start. Um, so the thing that um, the thing that I would like is something that I'll probably never order again. But uh-huh. I love I love it, and um, and it's the beef shin ragu with um, probably it's like freshly made tagliatelle, and it's at a restaurant called Trullo. Yeah. in Islington and I, uh, I I I don't eat a lot of meat these days like I'm almost vegan and I say almost because I don't want people to spend up my entire life tripping me up about it sure you know yeah I mean? I, popping I, up I, out so from behind curtains so I can't you know and I'm never going to be perfect and with my job I, I you know there's sometimes when I just there's meat in front of me and I am gonna professionally have to eat it but you know on a day-to-day basis I don't um so and it's one of the things that really jumps out at me that I will miss mm. because um, I mean I probably you know maybe I will eat it again, but it's so good. The the beef shin, which is a really kind of ugly piece of meat, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's it's like if someone brings a beef shin to your house to cook, like <laughs> like if you're you know one of my one of my friends brought one when we went on holiday on a cottage. They were yeah. like, I've got I've got a beef shin. <laughs> Opened up the boot and it was just it looked like they like you know a crime scene yeah so it's ugly but you have to you know stew it and stew it and stew it and then it's so good and so rich and clearly something wrong you know it's clearly the tasty tasty smell of murder you know it's clearly you know you know and morrissey used to say you know that in kitchen and meat is murder he says kitchen aromas aren't very homely (laughs) and and that's and that is it it's something but there's something about that that every time we, me and my friends went out, we would end up, we would get that. And so and some of my friends loved this dish so much that they would just go, oh, I'll have that for the starter and that for the main course. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's double great, beef shit. It's yeah. the greatest thing. So, there is something about those big cuts of meat that uh, you need to cook yes. slow and long. Yes. You can just taste the effort that's gone into cooking yes. them. It's just amazing. Um, but, you know, getting back to the veganism, you know, like I live up in the lakes half my time and it's like I feel as if I can't meet the sheep's gaze. Yeah. You know, like I was out, you know, it was a few days ago, I was up there and like I exercise loads up north and there's like tiny little lambs and they're all just lying out like basking in the sun. And I just mm. think, ah, oh, can't. You can't have that smell coming from your house. I know. No, they you definitely can't talk really, they and then stay like... away from that lady's <laughs> house. You can smell what's coming out of that. Oh, yeah, I just feel like. 
like, oh, I just feel so. I'm very torn. Um, but if I was in a, if I was to set aside my consciousness, conscious, conscience, con- conscience, conscience, consciousness, yeah, you're conscious. Conscience. You have to be conscious. I would have to be conscious. <laughs> that is one of our only rules in this restaurant. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, but, but I mean, do you both eat meat? I do. Ed doesn't. I'm three. three I'm similar situation to yeah. you. I'm saying like all, almost vegan about. Three or four months, actually, but I still yeah. like to I still like to talk about meat a yes. lot. Mm. Sort of so don't agree that I ate so much of it in the past, but I feel like a sort of um, like a foot like a football hooligan, a reformed football hooligan. Like I don't agree with what I did in the past, but I still like having a discussion about dust ups that I got into. <laughs> was the last the, glee. <laughs> the last meat you ate was that with me in New York? Uh, Technically, no, because then I had an awful chicken risotto on the plane on the way home. Oh, yeah. But oh, I, I, I think the, we'll say the last meat that I ate was I shared a massive steak with James in a restaurant called The Dutch in Soho, New York. Absolutely love The Dutch. Yeah. And we were... good? Yeah. yeah it was we got this... Because we originally went there on what was the last day of our holiday, and then our flight was cancelled. Oh, hang on, you two like, go on holiday together, We go on holiday you? together, yeah. Uh, yeah, but our yeah. flight was delayed. So when we originally went to The Dutch... We wanted to get the steak and then didn't get the steak. And then the flight was delayed and then we're like, right, our actual final day, we're going to the Dutch and getting that steak. And it was... It was worth it. it. You know when you cut into a steak and before you've even put it in your mouth, you go, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) This is already the best thing I've ever tasted and it's not even in my mouth yet. What kind of steak was it, do you know? I can't even remember what... I think it was a a ribeye. It was, yeah, it was a massive on-the-bone ribeye. Do you want me to tell you what the... um, what the next steak is that you have to mention to be cool. Oh, yes. So, you know, yeah. Cool steak. So there's cool steak. Was ribeye used to be cool, didn't it? Uh, ribeye, it's cool. Um, uh, but the one that people, the one that's coming through now that you have to say is, um, have you got any tomahawk? And that's a massive one on the, that's on like, the bone. Yeah, right? and bone then, tomahawk. You have to get a bone tomahawk and then... They cut it off, and what you then have to do, and this is a big power move, this is up there with banging the poppadom. Yeah. Yeah. You then um, pick the bone up. Yeah. And you gnaw, no, no, not no, not no. You get a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the saw. word is, you saw. Yeah. Yeah. You saw the little bits off. That's the ultimate That's the power, power move. move. Yes. Yeah. And then somebody from the restaurant will come over, and because they're in the know, they'll go, oh. Yeah, they're the best bits, aren't you? And you go, yes, they're <laughs> the best bits. So that's like, oh, it's all all restaurant criticism is just smoke wait. and mirrors. I need to go for a wee. Is well, that all right? I mean, keep, well, I think keep, that's keep very, us in the loop, Very James. unprofessional thing for a waiter to do. The thought of James as a waiter. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, he would never get the job in the first place. I think you're exactly right about what you said about him not being able to conceal contempt. Because that's almost... Uh, yeah, it's like 80% of the job is that especially if you come in on a Sunday to do the Sunday shift and you went to, you know, if you finished work at 11, yeah. you ended up staying till three, like flirting with the waitresses and yeah. drinking. And then you're like two hours sleep upstairs on a sofa and it quickly wet wiped you, your armpits and then like, you know, went downstairs again. That's what he would then have to put have on to a deal smile with, yeah. and kind of, and dealing with people on a Sunday when there's just huge families of them. I, I worked in a pub for a while and had to work the Christmas Day shift. Oh, my God. Now and again. It wasn't the hiding contempt that I had to drop before there. It was hiding genuine sorrow for people having Christmas dinner in a terrible pub. Like, it wasn't a nice... I just, like, put the food down and go, hey, oh, there we are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bless you. 
<laughs> I've seen how this is cooked. This is no way anyone should spend Christmas Day with a boil in the bag sliced turkey. Oh, that um, was quick. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually, actually just checking with the kitchen if we had the beef ragu. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we do. We're very happy to make it for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And for your main course? Um, well, my main course is probably, uh, would be a surprise to some of you, I think. It is, um, it's just, so I, eat, I eat lots and lots of rich food and lots of, you know, food which is, like I was out the other night um, at a place called Hyde, which is in London. It's one of the biggest, most expensive openings mm. of the year. They spent millions. It's got a car lift in it. What's a car lift? A lift that you drive your car in and, and drive <laughs> up. It's, it's, it's Russian money. It's Russian yeah. money. Let's not ask where it came from. It's Russia. just Russian money, right? <laughs> um, and when you go to order wine, uh, they bring you like an embossed book with about 60 pages in it inside a wooden box and then they give you an iPad to go with it so the iPad's got 4,000 wines in it and you know all of the wines that you know really 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 expensive the minute you open it up you can just see that some bottles of wine are 5,000 pounds just ask for the house exactly but they send a sommelier over and I just thought right I'm just gonna I'm gonna say to him not you're not fooling me into spending 200 pounds on a bottle of wine because I just so I just kind of went look I just want to spend like choose me one but 60 quid and he's like his face was just crestfallen <laughs> he was just like well you've completely spoiled my evening you know and he did he did bring it so anyway I, I, I digress I eat so many meals in places like that where everything is petals and pipettes and, you know, and, and jus and, 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 and things that have been distilled, people that make their own, everything's made, homemade, that when I'm off, I like 
beige plain food. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the best things I ate last year was a, a tray of chips and curry sauce. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Because um, I'm northern, so all chips should be come with some kind of moist liquid. Could be dr- yeah. should, should be drenched, right? Oh, well, yeah, yes. like, no dry um, chips. I, I think that chips and gravy is a bit of a um, northern people eating chips and gravy. I actually think that's uh, that's a myth. I think that from the 80s onwards, we got that taste for um, that chip shop brown, slightly radioactive curry mm. sauce. Yeah. Um, which is quite sweet. It's got a little bit of heat. Um, and that's what we started, you know, we started to eat. And I, I to me, that is just, I, I, it sates me. You know what I mean? It's like the chips, lots of salt, a bit of vinegar, and then curry, but not curry over all of them. Curry over some of them, because some of them have to retain their, yeah. their, their crispness. And um, my brother had taken me to this uh, out, out, up north. He said, I'll, I'll cheer you up, Grace. Um, <laughs> we'll go out for the night, and we're going to go and watch this festival, this like little kind of local festival. And the headliner was Badly Drawn Boy. Right. Um, is this going to be uh, the most northern night out of all It was all like time? literally yeah. the most northern <laughs> night out. And I remember, I remember he came, about Badly Drawn Boy kind of came on and he was like, this is my friend who, who died. Yeah. And then he started to play some like, and I think someone started heckling him going like, you're like, buddy, we didn't come to hear your life story. And he's like, ah. And it just all went wrong. And it was like kind of, obviously it was a summer up north, so it was like sideways sleet. And, we're all yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember saying to my brother, Going home. He's like, no, stay. We'll drink more Stella. Like, no, no. I'm going home. And I remember walking out and I got myself some chips and curry sauce and just walked like the, the mile home, eating yeah. them. And I just thought, this is probably the nicest thing that I've eaten in a world of stupidness, you know, in a yeah. world of like, you know, every, everywhere I go, it's like someone's just like banged a button on the wall and everyone just starts acting crazy, you know, yeah. because of, I'm a critic. And like everyone's like, oh, I'm sorry, just gonna say, we, we don't. I know that you want turbot, but we don't have turbot. I'm thinking, I never bloody said I don't want a turbot. I want stop, chips and curry stop sauce. Acting yeah. mad. Um, I'm I just quite remember. a cool and collected waiter in comparison, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> quite, good. quite happy with my. How would you behave? You are the first home? critic we've had in the restaurant, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I am quite relaxed about it. I understand why people are scared with regards to a critic coming in because you know, you they have spent a lot of money mm. on this, and the money has come from uh, funding from people who have put all their money in, but don't strictly know loads about restaurants often, and they're going to have to report into them. Yeah, you know? so they all sit down on Tuesday morning going. Yeah. And also, you know, what, you know, what did she say? And there's also, I've got, you know, all restaurant critics, all of the kind of big, well-known ones. We weren't food experts in general. We were just people that can fire out a lot of copy really on anything, right, yeah. you know? So you've got that razor right. It's like if you look at what Giles Corrin does as well, I think he's a, probably the one that's the most similar to me or I'm similar to him. We, uh, you know, we're both people that just write. We can write in a funny way. So I think it probably makes people worried. Well, we're not worried in this restaurant because this is an automatic five-star glowing review because you, you're choosing <laughs> sure everything you want to eat. Also, but just to make sure it is five-star, 
what chip shop are we getting this, these from? Yeah, is it a specific thing oh, or is it just generic God. northern chips and Do curry you know sauce? I don't think I can there. write that down. It, I can't write northern chips and curry sauce. Not <laughs> Hate crime. Yeah. It's not It's not... Uh, it's, it's, it, it would be chips from... Um, I'm not going to name him, but what? there's a place... Um, it's gone now. There's a chip shop. You can in, still name it. I know I can't because you haven't heard what I'm going to say. There's a chip <sighs> shop in Curragh, in Carlisle, where I'm from, um, and it's gone now. But I, I had really, really good chips, and I used to wind my brother up the entire of all of his childhood that that was actually his dad. <laughs> what, the, 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 the guy, guy that ran the chip shop was his dad. That's why you can't name the chip shop. Like, I mean, it's not true though, the lie that you told as a kid. We can still <laughs> yeah. say it. I don't think he's alive anymore. No, I'm not going to say it because people listen to it and it'll, it'll end up in the Carlisle Evening News. Or that you made a joke that he was your, your brother's dad. Yeah, because it'll be like his wife's probably still alive. She'll probably start getting like a, well, we're still a, in the ready, a ready reckoner out and working out whether my mother did actually have sex with him or not. We are know? in the early days of the podcast, so we could do with an exclusive like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to always. As we were getting older, um, whenever there's a family occasion, I would always say, oh, Dave, probably not you, because it's just close family, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. <laughs> that is funny. What, what side dish would you like with that, Grace? Um, because we all need a side dish with chips and curry sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I would eat these things together, uh, and I think that this is probably why I really fare well as eating almost vegan. It would be uh, the side dish would be uh, from Little Owl in uh, Manhattan, uh-huh. and uh, it would be green beans in a kind of it's got green beans, but with like macadamia or. Uh, it could have been walnut. It was either it was it was a nut, mm. and I should have looked it up. But then it was, uh, and it was in a kind of a soy honey glaze. So we've got it, it, it's 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 basically really souped up nutty beans in a kind mm. of soy unami type. And and I, oh, it really changed the way that I thought about food. I went there for my God, one of my birthdays a long time ago. Um, and I remember it really made me rethink how we do vegetables in this country. Like we, you know, we don't, for a start, we've, we're coming through a point in history where British people don't want to, working class British people don't want to pay extra for sides mm-hmm. of food in general. They're like, oh, it should just, if you pay the money, it should come with chips, you know, and then oh, you put mashed potato. So, so people are just about getting used to, and I'm talking about outside London, looking at the bottom of a menu and it says, you know, uh, mashed potato, £2.95 yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? But even then, we don't really, restaurants don't really do anything with that veg. It's as if meat, 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 all the way down the page, fish, meat, fish, then maybe a salad. And then at the bottom, it'll just say potatoes of the day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, carrots. And all you can really hope for is like some butter's been put in with them, maybe, but often yeah. not. You know, often yeah. not. Just Sometimes plain, it just comes plain out. Boiled veg, yeah. It's like you, you know, you veg. were talking about um, a pub you worked in where you know Christmas Day people go in there for Christmas, yeah. and you know that it, it, it's wrong to do that yeah. to people. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. to kind of go that the turkey—that's the turkey—and then everything else should just be slapdash. So I think that New York 
really began to teach me that, you know, you can go out for dinner and you could have two or three sides put mm -hmm. together. And mm -hmm. that would be like, there's just as much love and care put into what they're doing with, uh, you know, with the beans or the peas. Or and Brussels whatever. sprouts on every oh single menu. Oh my God, menu. Yeah. oh God. Yeah. Like sprouts, just, you know, like what we do with sprouts in this country is ridiculous. There's yeah. this idea that, you know, you only have them like going up to Christmas and then you only have them like you have three at your office party pub dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have three on Christmas day yeah. and they're like student, student, student again, no butter. Whereas if you put sprouts, you can make a, casserole type thing with them and you just kind of like layer them with like cream and salt and pepper and herbs and they are just I've learned a real lesson recording this thing. podcast that I should never do it hungry because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I'm just thinking about those sprouts ghosts, yeah explain yeah as you describe yeah. all these I'm like oh. um before we get them to put in uh what drink have you got like a favorite drink or is that already, already gone with the no um I was thinking before I came in that um what has always kind of let me down in polite restaurant world society is that I don't like anything really... Well, it's like I mind it, but it's like I hate it, but I don't like a Negroni, like so anything bitter. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like the kind of... I don't want anything that is uh, kind of vermouth-based. And they're the very cool drinks, you know, yeah. like everything. They, you know, and I think that that kind of... That, it, there's something about vermouth. It just reminds me of being 11 or 12 or 13 and stealing it from my mother's... The um, drinks cabinet Drinks stuff. cabinet, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? And like flailing around and around at a school disco. Mm. And Was that your first drink that you had too much of? No, that was Merry Down Cider. Merry Down Cider. Do you remember, cider. did they no. make that Merry Down's double mm. strength? I remember like wake, cheap cider? Cheap bottled cider. I remember drinking a bottle of it and waking up and um, I would came in and tipexed something on my desk and then just fallen into it and fallen asleep and I had like this kind of like tipex kind of <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a swastika but I remember that's kind of what yeah, it yeah. looked like you know um and uh, I remember just being sick and sick as they couldn't drink Mary down for ages uh but I mean uh, do you remember special brew yeah yeah did you ever drink that when you were younger I, I no. had I remember drinking a can of special brew on Wimbledon Common we all used to go and I went to school in Wimbledon and then we'd all Friday night we'd go to Wimbledon Common just opposite the school and all drink cans of, cans of special brew. Yeah. Ed went to a private school. Did he? So yeah. right. I drank okay. special brew. Wimbledon Common, but we all, you yeah. know, come the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter where you went to school, it's cans of special brew on the <laughs> I know, with a special brew. I'm I need to finish what I'm saying. I So I don't drink bitter drinks. And the one that I always find side, um, it really shocks people, is I love a pina colada. If you love pina coladas. <laughs> yeah. And what you'll find with pina colada is, because it's obviously it's sweet, it's like a real hit of sugar, um, and it's comforting, mm. and it, you know, it's a pineapple-y, and it's like, and, but it's also, it kind of gets you pissed from the feet up, so you yeah. kind of have like two or three, and you realise you just seem to be shouting louder than everyone. Um, and what I find with pina colada is when, they, when, when I'm in somewhere fancy, and they come along and they go, um, uh, cocktails and someone will always go uh, can I have a uh, Corpse Reviver number two please and someone will say can I have a sidecar and someone will say oh and can I have a Negroni but it has to be this type of Negroni and then I'll go can I get a pina colada and everyone will laugh and then someone will go I'll have a pina yeah. colada <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of spreads down the table and yeah. you can just see the waiter going yeah. <laughs> and suddenly there's like I'm doing so is it someone's gone hang on we don't we don't have to be cool we don't have to be we cool we can just have what we want yeah. 
when I, you I are to. when it's a, when it's a hot day and you're somewhere and everyone has a pina colada it is impossible not to have a good time it is yeah. club tropicana <laughs> it yeah. is wham heyday it is summer holidays it is club 18 to 30s it is getting pissed and um yeah waking up with your knickers in your handbag You've done well, though, because you've got quite a sort of carby mane, yes. so I don't think you're going to get pissed that quickly. Yeah, but um, you've got quite a puddingy. that's quite a puddingy drink, and now we're going to go on to a pudding. I'm wondering, well, I'll so help me God if you say cheese and biscuits, so I'm flipping the table over. <laughs> <laughs> the pudding I've chosen is from um, the ridiculous Russian restaurant that I went to the on Friday, and uh, it was called something like... Um, a religious it was mm-hmm. it was and um it was a kind of a, a, a beautiful work of art uh kind of sponge but iced with like a pale blue like duck eggshell blue icing and it was like art it was mm-hmm. beautiful you know dinner for two there being really really uh, conservative with what we ate and trying to really pick out all the things that we're charging us extra for was still 420 pounds whoa you know? whoa um and it was so this pudding came out and it was gorgeous just it basically it was a glorified uh cupcake yeah basically made mm-hmm. into something beautiful but it came with a tiny glass of jasmine chilled pearlescent jasmine tea and the jasmine tea was the greatest thing i think that i've it was that i've tasted when, when it was when you're given it you drink it kind of like this like a like a frantic orphan <laughs> being given mother's milk you're like, <laughs> like that it's like it's sugary but it's also but i think that with jasmine the taste we kind of we know i think we can imagine how it smells and we've tasted it maybe in low rate jasmine tea but this was the real deal and you never don't taste jasmine like that and i remember coming out and feeling quite giddy yeah you know right. like that's how that's one of the greatest things about food that when it's done well it you know it's it's like drugs it's like <gasps> you get this totally. i always say this yeah. i always kind of point at my chest and go it's that <gasps> it's just you know that's that's why we're addicted that's why i'm addicted to restaurants you know i'm always looking for that yeah that kick that high you know there was a, there was a moment when when we went to the dutch the first time in new york james is a big puddings man oh, yeah. and we oh. ordered i think we ordered all the puddings didn't we to have us there was there was four of us there was four of us yeah but we did order all <laughs> there was the four of them nobody else wanted yeah. one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was one that was uh it was a chocolate mint they called it like an ice, ice, cream. Bo- ice box cake yeah. or something yeah. and james had a bite of that and he grabbed my arm to steady himself, yeah. closed his eyes and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> I said, fuck off, is what yeah, I said. Fu- oh, fuck off, yeah. yeah fuck I, off. I, he told I, the pudding to fuck off because he liked oh, it so fuck much. fuck off. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's the moment. You just yeah. go... And, and sometimes uh, the chefs will, have kind of, will play with an idea, you know, they'll kind of riff on... Like that, the, they want to do something with apple that reminds them of a sweet that they had, like a, you know, a boiled sweet they had when they were a child, and it'll 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 turn out that it was the same boiled sweet that you had when you were yeah. a child, yeah. and like things like that happen where you just go, you you, you go to eat pudding and you feel you want to cry, you yeah. know what I mean? You yeah. feel like there's there's a place in um, 
in London called Farah, uh, a restaurant, a, a chef called Simon Rogan. He's got I've, Michelin I've, stars. I've and, been there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he does things like that. You know, he's kind of roughly the same age as me. So he'll have themes will come through his food where I'll go, oh, that's... I was gonna house. as soon as you started talking about those <laughs> yeah. feelings with food, I was gonna mention Long Clume, which is yeah. one of my favourite eating experiences. Uh, up in Cumbria. Yeah, up around. in Cumbria. Oh, we'd, we'd, yeah. I was doing a gig in Ulverston, so me and a few of the other comics went to Long Clume for lunch. It was absolutely Amazing. phenomenal. So good. So the cupcake yeah. itself is that it's not really the headliner. I think the jasmine tea. I think the jasmine tea was the headliner, and I also think that I'd eaten. I feel as if I'd eaten. Uh, I had the vegetarian tasting menu at this place. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of things like asparagus in three stages. Right. So one course was asparagus and then the next course came out in a completely different type of asparagus. And there was... It was it was lots of bits and you know there was a there was a, a kind of a pulverized beetroot course which was kind of had like um, petals all over it. But in reality, you've spent all evening drinking um and you haven't eaten anything it's a i think it's a problem generally with like fine yeah. dining you're having such small little small Tiny little portions bits. and you just end up absolutely wasted at the end of the Hammered. night ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, here's a big, big question. Uh, out of all those things you just told us about, you can only have one of them. What I'd have like? the chips and curry sauce every single chips time. Chips and curry sauce. Not every even single time. Like there wasn't a, we didn't edit out a pause there. That's how quickly Grace <laughs> said <laughs> chips, Grace and, curry chips and curry sauce without thinking about it. If and I, yeah, all I around mean, the world, all these fancy chefs started yeah. crying. I and not not like deconstructed chips and curry sauce. Oh, God. No. Polystyrene tray. Nothing fills my heart with more dread when you're a master chef and you're just, I'll say, a deconstructed a deconstructed banoffee pie. What's the point? What's the point of people deconstructing it? No food in general, especially not puddings, benefits from an autopsy. Like no. just yeah. give me Because you're going to mix it all together anyway, so you get the taste of the banoffee pie, It's incredible right? that it's, uh, that you know, yeah, putting everything in tiny little, it, I, it's, it's a kickback from uh, probably the late 90s and the, experimental mm. i just i just think that it's yeah. also here's something i've noticed when people say the chef's got a sense of humor they normally mean they've added popping candy to something don't they <laughs> <laughs> like funny the, chef. yeah or they say um one of the things that drives me mad yeah is uh, yeah it's playful it's playful it's very playful <laughs> or they say uh the chef um uh can i can i explain the concept the chef will be taking you on a journey. And I'm oh, thinking, I don't, I don't want to go on a journey with him. I just want you to bring me some food. Stop talking. I went, um, I, one of the most expensive dinners I ever had was um, a place exactly like him. It's called Alvin Lung. And he used to call himself, he's going to hear this, I don't care. Alvin Lung, the demon chef. I don't know and, how uh, listen to our podcast. And Alvin's, all the photos of him were these, like, in a big 
cock swinging photos of him like holding knives and like mm. saying what the journey he was going to take smashing poppadoms smashing yeah. poppadoms <laughs> yeah and he um uh so i went for dinner there and that was one of those where every so often they'd bring like one tiny little dim sum in like with some kind of incredibly expensive caviar on it yeah. and you know mm. at the end uh, at the end it cost, it was about £600 for two, and it sent, me into, it sent me into this spiral of actual genuine depression, right? Like, for days, I just kept thinking about, like, how many shoes that would, that would you know, pay for, for inner-city children in Tower yeah. Hamlets kind of thing. Um, but one of the causes of that, you're talking about it being playful, um, and, and he, he said, there was what, the pudding was called Sex on the Beach. Right. Uh-huh. And what he'd done was, um, he'd got... <laughs> a pile of kind of sugar and made it into sand so it looked like sand and then he'd got mm. he'd sugar spun something that looked like a condom and he'd what? injected uh sugar syrup semen into oh, it I'm out. and then just draped it over this over the sand and uh and it was to it was a playful take on when he used to live beside a beach and people used to have sex. Oh, playful. Right. It's gross. <laughs> and how That's he got mad. around it. Before they asked, before they served it, they said, it's a little bit risque. I hope you're not going to be offended. And of course, I'm not going to be offended. I'm from Carlisle, you know. I've <laughs> 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 seen it all. Um, and then they brought it out and then they gave £15 to the Elton John AIDS Foundation. What, because of the pudding? Yeah, to uh, yeah, they charge you an extra fifteen pounds for it. Anyway, uh, it's gone to now. Excuse that, that, yeah, I bet. That but that means like he, had worst... a, he had a conversation. Was like, oh, I really want to put a condom in one of my desserts. You had to um, pick it up though. So you imagine you've paid. This is like forty pounds. So then yeah. you're picking it up and you're literally like, ah. Oh. So you like eat the that. whole thing. That it's all edible. You, it was all edible. Yeah. Yeah. He's just... basically on. Someone said to him, "You can't. No one's going to eat a condom." <laughs> It's gone, what if the money went to an AIDS foundation? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Joe, you know what? If you really want someone to eat a condom that bad, we'll phone up an actual charity and organise a thing. Well, thank you very much, Grace. I think thank that sounds Grace. like a, a wonderful meal. Um, yes. Boys. And I hope this wasn't as, as weird as you were expecting it to be. It- you know, it hasn't been weird. Um, apart from James being kind of a creepy butler with a strange upturned hand. I'm a waiter. I think that's very clear. He's a waiter and also, we haven't revealed this yet, a genie. I'm also a genie. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, well, uh, this whole place, this whole restaurant, I magicked it up and I can go and get you whatever food you want from around the world and just grant you your wishes. There's actually no other staff in this restaurant. It's just me, the genie. I every, come out of a gravy boat. Every time that you go into character, it's just really unsettling. And But what I would say, being serious, is it's actually been lovely to talk to people who just love food and aren't involved with the restaurant industry because it's been aim. funny. Wow. Exactly. You've made me laugh anyway. And your descriptions of food were delicious. I want yes. to try all of it. <laughs> I'm genuinely hungry now. Yeah, really hungry after this one. Am I the best guest so far? Yes. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Safe journey home, Grace. Thank you. Can Please I come? The, the car lift is on your left. <laughs> Bye. Um, bon appetit. Done. Yum, yum, yum. All finished, that mm, episode. Mm, 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 mm. That hit the spot. Oh, what a... Our plates are all clean. Let's... Um, 
And Grace Le- was a bit mean. And Grace was a bit mean. <laughs> I re- it was great. What a different vibe we've had from every episode so far. Yeah, very, very much appreciated. And uh, I mean, I in a fun it. way, I, I'll say that. Oh yeah, hey, and great fun. I'm not going to pretend like I didn't know what I was getting myself into <laughs> when, when we booked Grace dead. So I'm happy about that. And she said that you, your flat probably smells of cheese and chive Pringles. It doesn't, but. I might start trying to make it smell like that now. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Quite like that. So that was that was Grace Dent. Thank you very much to Grace for coming in. Um, it's a few things we need to say about Grace. She's the Guardian restaurant critic. And she has a podcast called The Untold on Radio 4. So check check out those things. Oh, we did that sure. very well. We're doing this well. So, I mean, we're not so good at it that we can't congratulate ourselves afterwards out loud. Yeah. But we're, we're, doing, we're doing well at the plugging it so far. I just think, you know, that we're perfect for just doing ad reads and things like that. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone wants to sponsor us. Yeah, if anyone wants to I can't name any specific companies because that's, we can't mention you uh, yeah. for free, you know. Naked bars. Naked. <laughs> Quite like them. Oh, yes. Grace, congratulations. You did not mention fennel. Well done. It was not any of the ingredients in any of your dishes. If it had been, oh, so help me. Um, there were no honourable munchions in that episode. No. Grace had no honourable munchions. That's a format point you're going to need to remember to bring in at the correct moment, I think. Yeah, I've got to start doing that. You've more. got to start doing that. That's on me, that one. Yeah. Because you don't want to say it. Yeah. Because but... <laughs> yeah. it's not good, man. It's good. Honourable munchions is not good. It is good. That could be a whole other restaurant. Well, maybe you go and start that podcast yourself, Honourable Munchers. Honourable Munchers. It's like a little extra thing to this podcast. Yeah, it's like the extra slice to yeah. our Bake Off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Off menu with James Acaster's uh, Honourable Munchers. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the episode. That was the episode this week. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. Next week with uh, another guest and another delicious meal. And listen, if you feel like putting Netflix on and watching my Netflix specials under the name of Repertoire. I ain't getting involved either. You can do what you like. Watch them. And while you're there, when you've watched all of those, maybe you want to watch a TV show called Almost Royal. That's got Ed in it. I was just leaving that. I was just imagining if that was the last line of the podcast, but I think we should probably just say goodbye normally. Goodbye normally. <laughs> That's a funny dad joke, isn't it? It is. This is like Jim Davidson and John Virgo now. <laughs> No, actually, goodbye. Thank you very much. Um, Eat up. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and you just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.